Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen and fans and citizens of Hattrick City, welcome back to the show. Um, you were back. We took a little week off. Um, unfortunately, it was out of our control. Uh, this is DJ Patty Cake, by the way, uh, reporting to you here from the WXCI studios. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I caught a little bit of an illness that kind of, you know, hindered me from being able to come into the studio and then also in turn being able to be at the arena this weekend for the slate of games. Um, so unfortunately I missed all of the, the action. So it may be, and boy, it was, it was a fun weekend. I mean, I, it would have been more fun if I was there, but I, I enjoyed watching the games from home. I mean, it kind of threw me back to last year when I kind of the same situation happening, not a fun one to be in, but, um, I guess the, the free rest is probably the only upside that comes out of this and maybe a few other things. Um, but we're back now. Um, so this week we're going to be airing our interview with Club 93, the boys Ken, Will, and Jim. So that'll be coming up later in the show. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to quickly recap uh, what happened in Watertown. I know that was a little while ago now. But, I mean, it happened. We didn't get to really report on it. Um, so... We played in Watertown for the season opener overall. Um, unfortunately, dropped that one in regulation 6-5. to five. Uh, The main thing that kind of killed us on that was just pointless penalties, giving Watertown endless opportunities to just come back. I um, believe that was also Frankie's first start in net of the season. So, you know, a lot of factors, and then we're missing a few key players on D. So it, it's a whole bunch of factors that went into that, but... The next night at the home opener, banner was raised, rings were presented, and we came out triumphant that night. Uh, we up to two nothing going into the second period, ended up being tied two two, and then towards the end of the game, within like a minute's time, we just erupted, scored three goals, ended up winning that game five to two at home, and what a way to kick off the you know the ho- home opener. Um, in a 5-2 to two win fashion and then after that got sick and then we played the Binghamton Black Bears um, in a home and away series similar to how the first week went with Watertown just in reverse so we played Binghamton at home Friday night um, and what a what a game it was I mean beating them 3-2 to two in a shootout Mind you, this is only the third game of our season. We've already gotten to a point where we had a shootout win. Crazy enough. This is also um, Connor McCollum, new goalie coming down from Huntsville. Him and uh, Brian Wilson competing for the starting job there. Our boy Willie got it, so congrats to Willie. And uh, welcome McCollum. I mean, that guy was a brick wall that night. I mean... I was mad that I wasn't there to see it in person, that this guy was just making saves left and right. And I could not be more happier of 
you know, having this guy as our new goalie. I mean, he made 51 saves that night, only allowed the, obviously the two goals. Um, and he got first star that night. First start, and you get the first star. I mean, it, it's almost unheard of, but at the same time, you know, it, that it's becoming more frequent that these goalies get in that first start and they just kill it. Something about that first first taste of it, they just kill it. Um, but we were able to pull that win out in a shootout. Um, then we head over to Binghamton next night. Didn't really go our way. Unfortunately, we dropped that one three to one. But I will say, I mentioned this. Um, if you're keeping up on our uh, our Instagram and Facebook, uh, I was doing uh, some intermission reports from from my bedroom, considering I couldn't really do much else. Um, you know, just to give you guys something to to kind of look at, and you know, I figured why not get get a little fun with it, and maybe maybe we'll we'll incorporate that into some away games. Um, but you know, just talking about that game. It was just a lot of things that I brought up were the atmosphere in that building. I mean, given Danbury has its own unique atmosphere that will never be topped ever, but Binghamton gets just as loud. Their fans are, you know, just as passionate as we are. Uh, it's it's a lot of factors that go into that, and I mean, they they just kind of outplayed us. And at the end of the day, I mean few plays where the defense could have stepped up a little bit more in my opinion but at the same time you know it's only the fourth game of the season we're at 500 right now I think that's fine with me um but you know still what a way to to kind of start the first four games of the season their shootout win first home win in the home opener it, it it's a whole lot a whole lot in terms of stats um but before I get into next week's set of games, or this week, I should say, um, which is going to be a very, very interesting week. Um, do want to kind of highlight a few roster moves. Um, if we can kind of word it that a little bit. Um, unfortunately, um, Mike Falenga ended up getting injured last weekend, so he'll be on a 15-day IR. Uh, I recently got to chat with him a little bit on the side. Um, he said he's doing you know he's doing better day by day it's it's a little bit of an annoying injury but you know he's he's ready to come back to the ice and he's he's going to be back better than ever he that's what he feels I mean so you know kudos to him for kind of just powering through said injury and you know best of luck in the recovery speedy recovery um you know being and unfortunately we we did release a few guys uh Steve Brown um which I kind of saw coming a little bit, just considering the fact that he was a coach last year. So I figured, I don't, I don't know, he might be going back to the bench this year. Um, and another one that was surprising to me, and I know a majority of the fans, given he's a fan favorite, and you know, a good friend of ours, uh, Frankie McClendon, ended up getting released on waivers, unfortunately. But I mean, really great guy, great goaltender, great team guy. Um, you know, if the last I saw of him was that that game where we beat them five to two at least in person. Then I I'd say that that was a good way to bring it out. I wish I got to say bye to him physically if you know he's not around. But um, you know whoever does end up picking him up, I'll tell you you're gonna have one hell of a guy in your team. That that guy's great. Um, have nothing but nice things to say about that guy. That uh, 
I could talk for hours, e- even just, you know, giving this guy some praise. But at the same time, you know, Frankie, thank you for what you've done for the Hat City. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, you know, just thank you for being in, again, like I said, a team guy. Um, but yeah, so that leads us into this weekend. Um, this weekend is going to be a very interesting one, to say the least. We'll be having a championship final rematch against the Carolina Thunderbirds. They'll be coming up here for two games, one on Friday, one on Saturday. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, Carolina made a few moves, uh, changed coaches. Um, you know, they hired a new one, and that guy left too, and they, they went to a third one, uh, if you count their first one that, you know, initially went to the OHL, um, which, by the way, congratulations to him for um, for going into that great league, great league to go into. So to, to, to Rutledge, uh, congratulations to you. Um, but, yeah, they have a new coach now, and they made a few moves the other day. Hussey brothers are now in Baton Rouge. So we'll not be facing against Hussey. So it won't, won't be a complete championship rematch in terms of rosters, which obviously everyone knew was happening. Um, but it's still going to be a great game nonetheless. It's it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams throw down. I know that this coach has been in the Fed for a while. He coached for the Danville Dashers at one point as well. Um and I, I believe he did coach for Carolina a little bit, you know, earlier on before the Rutledge era. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this weekend unfolds. Um, obviously, I'm hoping for it to unfold in our favor. But overall, as in the immediate moment, besides us getting wins, I want to see some fantastic hockey. And I know we're going to see here at the Danbury Arena this weekend. And then lastly... I just want to bring this up very quickly. Um, next weekend, November 4th, it's a Saturday, uh, the Mustache Classic, the fifth going of the Mustache Classic will be happening at Danbury Arena. It's going to start at, I believe, 8 a.m., so it'll be a tournament till about noon, and we'll have that running down um, again. Next week when we come back, it'll be the week of, so Matt will give you more of a rundown on what's going on. Um, we also, well, I shouldn't say we, this was more Matt's thing. Um, he was able to get Kerry Frazier, uh, legendary NHL referee who's, you know, refed 2000 plus games in the show. So he's going to be refing the main games on the Patriot rink for the mustache classic. So to Kerry Frazier, thank you. We appreciate the support for this generous and amazing event for, men's mental health and cancer prevention if you will um it's going to be a great event and i'm looking forward to seeing you guys out there and then obviously seeing you guys at the game following um also doug smith coming back so doug the thug coming back to danbury it's always a pleasure seeing that guy he always knows how to really light up the room even just him saying hi and coming in shaking hands he's great guy to have with this event and um yeah i couldn't be more excited and then also we're going to be talking with the guys who are helping this event happen that being club 93 again the boys ken jim and will are coming up next right here on hatrick city so grab a beverage grab a snack grab whatever you'd like 
grab a comfy chair, and listen up, Patrick City. Hey, this is Bryce French, former Danbury D-Man. You're listening to Hatrick City on WXCI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special interview of Hatrick City this week. We have three boys who are very important to several causes here with Danbury Hockey, especially the Mustache Classic. It's the boys from Club 93. Boys, how we doing? We're doing good, Pat. What's going on? Yeah, everything's doing well, man. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. Ken, Will, Jim, it's really a, a pleasure to have you guys in the studio. Um, I think the best place to maybe start is that uh, a lot of people listening to this episode will probably know Ken by face, and that I do know that there are a lot of people that know Ken by name and have a personal relationship with him at Danbury Arena. I'm one of the people that's really fortunate to have Ken in my life on a daily basis. So when... He told me that he was starting Club 93. I kind of got down with the message right away, being a beer league hockey player myself. The message of uh, Club 93 is kind of endurance and perseverance in adult hockey and about reaching those older ages at the competitive levels. And uh, I was always really inspired. Anybody who knows me, I was always really inspired by... um, Mr. Mark Sertich, who died, I think he was 99, still playing. And if if um, if you go back in the history books of the the Mustache Classic, we used Mark Sertich's picture um, as the logo that second year we did it because he had just died. So we actually had put Sertich's picture right on the, right on the, it meant a lot to me to see this guy. And he hadn't really played, um, I think he had played like high school hockey and stuff like that, but he was really, you know, kind of a beer leaguer. I mean, at 99, I think most of your life was going to be in the beer leagues at that point, right? But uh, that message of kind of being involved in physical activity, recreation, sports, um, that really resonated with me. Kenny, where did, how did it begin to impact you? What, at what point did you become conscious of that? Well, the whole idea that answer your question of 93 that's going to bring it home is we had an older gentleman who we played with, and then COVID-19 hit. And for a variety of reasons, this gentleman was out of the game. However, the team used to assemble at his house. So I thought what a nice gesture would be is I figured – I'm going to bring him a Hattrick's jersey just to make him feel some kind of connection to Danbury. So when I showed up that night and I gave him the jersey, it was from all of us, I said, listen, why don't you give some thought? Because he was a good player. He was still he was still a serviceable player. I said, why don't you give some thought to coming back? And I was probably no further than a foot from his face. And he just said something. I don't know what he said, but I saw his eyes. And I knew at that moment there was still gas left in the tank. And he's like, no, 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 and, and changing the subject. So it impacted me so much when I went to the arena or I went to the rink that night. I was actually playing on Jimmy's team and we're sitting on the bench between shifts. And I just, for some reason, couldn't stop thinking about this guy. And I thought to myself, suppose that's me. Suppose I'm now sitting there saying I'm done. And I thought about it for a moment. And the two things I love to do in my life are play drums and play hockey. And I've always dreaded the day when I can't do either one because I've talked to people who've had to stop. So I just blurted out to Jimmy. I just said, you know, Jimmy, when are you going to stop playing? And, of course, Jimmy, in his usual fashion, is blowing me off. He's like, just pass the puck, do this, go mm. there. 
So he said, what do you mean? And I said, I just blurted out and said, I'm just going to play till I'm 93. And Jimmy looked at me, kind of like the big brother look, and he says, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. So at the end of the game, we skate across the ice to you know shake hands, and, and Will's on the other team. And we go up to Will, and I remember it vividly because it caught me by surprise. I had just kind of forgotten about it. I was still thinking about that guy. And Jimmy says, hey, Will, guess what Kenny just told me? He says, we're playing hockey till we're 93. <laughs> and Will just blurts out, he just spontaneously, he says, yeah, Club 93. <laughs> and I went home that night, and I thought about it, and it just really resonated because, again, I don't want to face that day myself. And that was where the three of us started talking about the impetus because probably like you, Matt, and like you, Pat, you love doing it. You just yeah. don't want to stop. No, you know, it's it's so odd. Certain things happen for certain reasons, and, and there's never really a clear-cut, even way to put it into words. But for me, I have a kind of interesting story connected to Club 93. I kind of became aware of it and involved with you, you know, kind of in the summer of 2022. And this is a true story. And I, I went home from a trip away to, to Queens for a couple of days. And literally the first day that I was home, there was a package from you. And it was a, it was a Club 93 t-shirt. And the next day my father died. Then no. the very next day. And what really resonated with me, but you know, it was all such, it was a very, it was, if you look at my Instagram, it's like the day or two after my father died. And uh, what was really funny about that, it was a very, very symbolic death. My father always wanted to go peacefully. He just shut off. He just shut off, you know? And um, he, he was a saxophone player professionally and he died on Charlie Parker's birthday, mm -hmm. right? But what was kind of oddly symbolic about the whole thing for me was my dad was one of these guys, he was determined at 74, he passed away, but he was determined to play for as long as he can. We have so many funny stories about him, like he would, he wasn't a man who needed money necessarily. He was determined to be on the scene as long as he could. That's all he knew. His dad had died young. So all my dad knew in terms of older men in his life were these musicians. He didn't know his father. His father had no brothers. He had no men. So like when he got older, when he got to about Pat's age, starts performing music professionally, early 20s, these musicians were effectively his father figures. None of them individually, I would say, more than any other one, maybe one guy, but he only knew these 90-year-old musicians still playing jazz, still playing big band music, still doing gigs and whatnot. And we have so many stories of my dad effectively chasing 93. Like, uh, he would, something that would really drive me crazy was, uh, it started to drive me crazy because I was kind of further and further away or I was around and if anything went wrong, I would have probably had to have gotten involved with it. But like, we lived in Queens, on the borderline of Brooklyn and Queens. So, and we were very close to the LIE. But he would have gigs all over, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Jersey. Sometimes, you know, they would bust New York musicians, but my dad played music all over the world. But, like, after a while, 
um, he just wanted to stay busy in the worst way. Like not, it, it really wasn't about the My dad was a retired school teacher. He didn't need to, he was a retired music teacher. He didn't need to work for the city. He didn't need 50 bucks. You know what I mean? Yep. But, yep. but, but it, he, he wouldn't do this type of a job for 50 bucks, but he would tell us he had a job in Suffolk County. And Suffolk County could be a minimum of 25 miles from my house. That's like, I'm, at the bare minimum, it's probably about 25 miles door to door, right? Oh, the gig's in Suffolk County. Well, it would be in Suffolk County, but it would be in the fucking Hamptons. It would be literally in the Hamptons, and he was going to drive to and from the gig. Like, it's like that. It's like three hours in each direction. How much could you possibly be getting paid to do this on a Saturday, you know, like on a Saturday, you know, but he loved it. He was effectively chasing 93 in his own way. So it was funny, you know, now looking back on, and that's why it became important for me to do um, for me to break bread with Ken and and to see what we could do, you know. And then you guys got involved with the Mustache Classic last year, and now you're way more involved this year. It people, you know, people don't understand uh, when you're running something like this. I always I told Ken this a uh, few you know with the Mustache Classic. It's always been like. Um, I never wanted to do something where we were not only asking for money for a cause, I never wanted to do something where we were asking, when I say the community, I'm not the type of guy to go into a business and justify to a business that the guy should give me $300 of food because I'm doing a charity event. It just doesn't make, I know it might make sense to the next person very clearly. It doesn't make sense to me. I wanted to do an event where we went into a business and said, hey, I'm going to buy $1,500 worth of food for you for this event. And that's why we've had the classic for so long. So I wanted to help in any way I could. We do Club 93 right. You know what yeah, I mean? That, that's the most important thing. And Matt, like your dad, we're very similar, I think, the three of us. And it's comfort within a group. Oh, that yeah. Is worth more than the money or anything else. So. That's the biggest thing, probably. I tell people all the time, uh, like, the Beer League Hockey is the greatest support network, greatest support system for men. And I'm sure you guys have your own stories about it, you know? Oh, we can, We don't have enough time today. <laughs> we got stories. <laughs> but we do. We do connect with that. And our group, you know, the Z team in Red Bank, we have 30 guys. We pick teams. We've been playing together since a lot of us, 98. And one guy has a titanium hip. This guy's AFib. I have AFib. Wow. I uh, I have prostate cancer now, and it's early stages. That's why the classic means so much to me, and the cause. You know, I'll be okay. It's early, but we all can relate to problems and ailments and everything. And you're like, yeah, but it's hockey night, boys. We're together, and we're a group, and we're one, and we just we're family, man. That's the just most like important we, thing. We feel connected to the Danbury family up here. Like I come up here and. You know, knowing Ames and McCreary and everyone just can feel the love. It's a great community. We're glad to be a part of it. Powerful thing when you really think about it. You know, we I've seen it happen with my own friends. You know, I I, I have a buddy who helped me kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of set up the classic. There was a lot of people at the beginning, you know. There always is. <laughs> but, um, you know... He had gone through a divorce. He had gone through some problems with alcohol, maybe, and, and things like that. And he had kind of played in the classic for a few years. But I oh, would it go down already. Your dad knocked it down. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, you know, he's here. It's like, hey, Mo. So 
he had played in the Classic for a few years. He'd come out to pick up skate once in a while. But once he got on a beer league team, Tuesday night's the game, Wednesday night's the game, at this time, every week, that became such a force for good in his life. It, it's un- It really is unbelievable. And I'm sure the... Um, I'm sure there's guys who get the same thing from softball, the same thing from being on a uh, basketball team or probably even a soccer team. But the I think the hockey's extra special, right? It takes so long to get your gear on. It takes so long to get it on. I mean, you really start to think about it, right? Usually it takes a while to get to the rink, if, unless you're really lucky, right? Usually it takes a while just to get to the rink. And sometimes you carpool. And, I mean, the carpooling between me and my one friend... Um, just that time where you're where you're able to talk i mean if that car could talk you know what i mean like like it would know everything about us you know what i mean but um pre-game banter oh yeah but i think it has a lot to do with the time it takes to get everything on and everything off especially at the end of the game by the time you get everything off you want a beer you just want to be like hey guys let's let's sit and you know let's and the truth is i don't i really don't drink any, I'm not going to say I don't drink anymore. That's a lie. I really don't drink like I used to. And the only times I really allow myself to do it kind of when I'm around the guys. You know, it's like it seems like a safe place to drink. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 do, it doesn't seem like a place where I could end up in a really bad situation, you know, afterward. You know what I mean? And that, and listen, other people don't drink at all because they know that, that if they drink, they'll get into a bad situation. But it's a little more, it's a little more complex for me. Well, you know, I want to tell you one funny thing. We played, I was playing as a musician, so I could relate to your dad. I was playing as a musician at a party about three weeks ago, and I happened to have my Club 93 shirt on. And one of the things that we try to, we don't judge, we don't preach, and and uh, if people will say, like, well, how do you join? And, and we could explain that. But it's funny how people can relate to this theme in so many different ways, because Michael Jordan talked about this when he played. This is the same mantra that Kobe Bryant had. It's the same mantra that Tony Robbins talks about. We just have a different way of interpreting it. But just to show you how simple the application is, I'm playing at a party three weeks ago, and this woman comes up to me, and she goes, what's this shirt? What's this Club 93? Is this a nightclub? So I explained to her <clears throat> kind of just what the basic Is that a nightclub? Is. <clears throat> exactly. Remember nightclubs, boys? <laughs> exactly. Nightclub. So... So as as I go on break, Pat, have you ever been to a nightclub? No, no, no. All right, go ahead. Ken. Well, I guess that's I guess that's oh, shop talk. <laughs> nightclub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, sure, I no, I, no. I miss shit. I miss like a nightclub. You know what I mean? But anyways, Eventually. anyways, we go on break. So I go looking up at the uh, they have all the all the food that's out and everything else. And this woman comes up behind me. She looks over my shoulder and she goes. Hmm, onion rings and chicken fingers. That's not Club 93. No. And right then and there, I'm like, you got it. I said, listen, if it is, it's going to turn to Club 73. Yeah. I'm doing that. <laughs> so you're right, though. It, it is. It is. That's the whole design is to get people. It's a mindset is all it is. When did you guys just, man, for, for, for <clears throat> giggles, when did you guys all actually start playing hockey? I was a late bloomer. I came in probably at 13. Um, I had a pair of white figure skates from a cousin of mine. <laughs> True story. Where were you from? I'm from Staten Island, okay. New York. And uh, originally from Brooklyn. So these white figure skates uh, came out of the closet because our entire baseball field froze over. And I always played roller hockey 
you know, with the clamp-on skate, actually, a clamp-on skate. You wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I remember those. So clamp-on, and then we used to duct tape them to the feet. So <laughs> these white figure <laughs> skates came out. So Staten Island. And white figure skates. I said, I'm not skating in girl skates. So we paint them black, and I go out onto that field, and we skated for probably 12 and a half hours. Uh, wow. And uh, that's at 13. And then... At 14, I tried out for my high school team. Never played ice hockey before, and um, I just took to it like uh, like white on rice. And it was just a great experience. I'm never going to give it up. And I'm, si- I'm 62 now, so wow. I'm never going to give it up. So, what about you, Kenny? 30, 35. Wow, 35. You started playing, huh? Not only did I start at 35, I and I was I've been in the Z team, uh, I for 20 plus years. I took six years off. Because the band was so busy. So I started at 35 minus 6, so it's somewhere around there. Well, so basically in your 40s, really. Pretty much. I'm yeah. 60, 61 now. Yeah. God bless, man. That's, that's something. Yeah, this is Will. I'm 55. Started playing when I was about 5. My wow. older brother was a goalie from Middletown North. Would use me as a punching bag and goalie and kick my ass on the ponds. Wow. Made me a Ranger fan and just never looked back. Never stopped playing all year round. Never. Roller hockey, ice hockey. Did you play like in high school or? Not in high school. I played in leagues, but not for the. They didn't have a school team mm-hmm. then. But uh, my whole area, Middletown, just it's big down there. Yeah, oh sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of players ran Rimdike come out of there, and yeah, you got Dow down in you know Bricktown. One yeah, of the areas, you know we just we're a culture down there like you are. Middletown's there. got a great rink that we wish was in the federal hockey league. We play them yeah. in the juniors. Right here and that's that's like that's Havlins yeah rich and the, well and the, we know rich from the mustache classic but it's his brother I think it's George 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 and then Mike I went to school with Mike he's, you know great guys George great and Mike and rich is the guy that we know pretty Where well we great play, guy the Red Bank Armory is just a Cadillac of rinks it's, really Middletown's great Red Bank is just plush it's no awesome. I heard about it it's awesome yeah I heard it's a nice rink yeah but you know, Maddie, I want to say something, and Jimmy, you got to chime in on this. We've got a mustache classic stud uh, that hangs out around Brick, and he's looking for a team to play. So if you guys need, uh, uh, no, he, he, not at Brick, um, at Red Bank. So oh. if you ever need a stud, is he over fifty? He has to be over fifty. He could pass for. All right. <laughs> he's like forty something. Oh, forty something's close. That's good. But you know, Matt, the one thing we want to say to you is that the the thing that Club Ninety Three is looking for are causes as well. Yeah. to get involved to give back to the community because we feel at least the three of us speaking for the three of us if we're lucky enough to number one even be alive but number two <clears throat> to still play there's great causes we're looking for and the classic which is why that for us at least was a no-brainer to get involved with the classic yeah you know like we we've done that thing i mean basically the classic is literally what we just talked about here the the last 10 minutes you know the last 15 minutes or so is just it's always been dedicated to that kind of camaraderie. Nobody, you know, I, I almost hate to even talk too much publicly about it sometimes just because, you know, people sometimes in this day and age that we live, they get the wrong impression. I, I'd be involved for any charity. Me too. If, if I yep. could, you know what I mean? I, I don't have the money to necessarily to give to every charity. I'd be involved in any charity. I'd, I'd be involved. I'll be honest with you guys. And I will say this publicly because, you know what, it, it might get... I would be involved with a police-related charity. I'd also be involved with a social justice-related charity if it seemed reason. You know, if Absolutely. all these things seemed reasonable enough, I would get down with it. You Talk know what I mean? People. If it all seemed like good people were trying to do the right thing, that that's me. I never. 
when we started the mustache classic, I thought we were going to make one thousand dollars. I was like, wouldn't it be great if at the end of it we get we made a thousand dollar donation? And like I have, I was telling my brother this. And he's like, yeah, you know, get close to a thousand, and then I'll, I'll make up the difference. So you know what I mean? Like I had people telling me stuff like that. Next thing you know, we raised almost seven thousand dollars the first year Great. with one game, one after, no tournament. This was one afternoon outing game. We raised seven thousand dollars. That's huge. That's a huge achievement. And I saw the power. I, you know, I always, I really believe that there's power, power in people, power in, 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 in the cause. You know, and that's, and you know what? Maybe the best place to say what I have to say now would be right here among friends. I gotta say, I'm really, really disappointed in what happened with the NHL this week. Um, it has nothing to do with one particular issue. The issue that became is that it, it opened the door for the NHL to eliminate all causes, and, and that's exactly what they wanted because they don't want to subsidize those things anymore because they don't need the money. They don't need the money, and they don't need the attention like they did in 2005 and 2007 when they started supporting militaries, started supporting cancer. That. It was a, this was a, this was really a bottom line decision that they loved to make. They loved this. But I'm just telling you, if you applauded people removing the pride tape from the NHL, the consequence of that was that everything got cut out. We've worked with Hockey Fights Cancer with the Mustache Classic since 2019. We've fought, to, I can show you fellas dozens of emails that we got no response to. I told the NHL, I'll buy the trophy. I'll buy the trophy. Just have somebody hand it to us. Yep. And I wasn't going to receive the trophy. I was going to have one of our cancer survivors receive the trophy. I wasn't looking to hold the trophy. Let's, let's create some type of, a, of, a, of a, a plaque. I'll put the NHL's logo on and pay for it. We couldn't even get a response to this. So at the end of the day, if you applauded that, you know, this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted to stop all. Believe me, they wanted to stop all of it. They don't make any money off it. They're it's auctioning. They're auctioning these jerseys. So allegedly, they're auctioning these jerseys for charity. It's just something for them to administrate, right? Yep. I'm sure they're taking a cut, but it's probably not the cut they could just take selling a regular jersey, right? right. So if you applauded that, you 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 a hundred you a hundred percent signed up for corporate greed, hundred percent. And, you know, if that's the way you feel, the be and, and the last thing I want to say about this, I know I'm ranting, I hate getting into this type of thing, but this was an attack on the Mustache Classic. Eliminating Hockey Fights Cancer from the NHL's outward appearance was a straight-up attack on what everybody has built with the Mustache Classic. Now they don't need to acknowledge Hockey Fights Cancer because somebody got mad at some pride tape. All I can say is this. We were at the best and the greatest in this country when everybody worked together in this country. Well, that man. was when we were at that that was when we were at our greatest. Not when we nitpicked at everybody's beliefs and turned our back. And think about that when you look at your neighbor. That's all I have to say, but, but th this really really stung me. Not because not because they not because they dissed the military. They did diss the military. And I didn't like that. Me neither. Not because no. they not because they dissed the the lgbtq community which i could tell you one thing right now i have seen that community in hockey with a group in new york city called the new york the new york city gay hockey association has been around for 40 years 
You run a league in New York City for 40 years, then you come tell me something about hockey, okay? I, ha I have never had anything to do with them. I support everything they do. They bring so many people to Madison Square Garden to raise money. They're doing good things. And I've also actually been involved with some of them through another organization called Hard Pass. So, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I, I'm in solidarity with all these people. I'm in solidarity with the military. I'm in solidarity with you. And I'll tell you something. It's be, and it's because they, they turn their back on Hockey Fights Cancer. And we've raised so much. We, the Mustache Classic, I don't know if you guys, two guys know, we're the back-to-back-to-back NHL and NHLPA Hockey Fights Cancer Challenge winners mm -hmm. for November. Nobody has raised more money, at least since 2019, than us. Something to be proud of. It's something that hockey can be proud of and that anybody who was involved with it should take pride in. I tell anybody, if you raised $100 for this organization, consider yourself $50. Consider yourself a member. Consider yourself having won a champion. They should put a banner in Danbury Arena for the Mustache Classic. Nobody ever did anything back to back to back in there. And uh, th that's with all due respect to anybody. Something to think about. I second that. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. and. For them to do the and and I and I really hate bringing my own politics or whatever this is into a conversation. They diss hockey fights cancer and they diss the mustache classic. And I'll leave it at that. I mean, I don't. You know, we don't have to talk about it anymore. But I wanted you guys to know that 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 you guys do more with any call. You guys, I know Ken real well. If you you guys heard about, I know if I know that if you guys heard about a cause right now that sounded legit, you guys would do something. No doubt. Yeah. And we're looking for a we're looking for a grassroots place like local to you know, for starters. You know, that's where I'm from. I'm a retired firefighter in New York. So we always did something grassroots that was, you know, community warriors and Yeah, community related, right? So much great stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean the and, and that's that's another thing. You know, the the wounded warriors how's that gonna how's the NHL gonna walk away from that? They're walking away from wounded warriors? They pr all those guys practically built the NHL. My my whole question is, you know, does this open the door for them to discontinue these programs altogether? Hope not. Is that is that what this is? I don't even know. They just said they're removing all the support. Does that mean they're discontinuing? So, and I think that's why it's so important that people in grassroots hockey get behind these things to do what the NHL doesn't seem to be willing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone should be accepted. You know, that's really the bottom line, whether it's Club 93, the NHL, or any, no one should feel they're, they're not welcome anywhere. And that's what, that hurts when people aren't welcome because that's just wrong. Just think, I just think it's wrong when, you know, you, you canceled everything now. You know, there, you know we, we, we've, we had stickers, hockey. That's another thing. I mean, in, in the immoral words of Joe Trench, the greatest hockey fan in all of Danbury, the NHL just got too commercial. I got to be real with you. I mean, people ask me why I don't keep up with the Islanders or the Reign of the Devils as much, whatever. I don't know, man. If you go to a lot of hockey games at Danbury Arena, you kind of don't need that. You know, and, and the, this is another episode of that. You know, that they're watering down the game and now they're pulling out of the community. I call BS. You know what I mean? It's disheartening. It really is, you know, but that's where we are today. Guys, what, what do you have planned for the Amiga? I know you launched a website. Tell us what's on there. Well, we're going to have what we want to do, which is part of our mission, is 
and, and it, the most common question I think we're asked is, how do I join? And the answer that I tell people is, or at least I tell people, is that you join when you know you've joined. And they don't know what that means. And they'll say, what does that mean? I'll say, because when you join Club 93, people always say, do I get a newsletter? Do I get a T-shirt? Do I check a box? Do I get a, a, do I get a, a, a flower? What do I get? The answer is, is you're competing against yourself to reach the pinnacle, which is 93. That's where you're going to go. And you only need to know two things. You need to know pyramids and trains. That's all you need to know to be a member in Club 93. Because when you understand pyramids and trains and you look in that mirror and you say, I understand how this works and I'm going to commit to it, that's when you become a member. And, and just so our audience knows, what is a pyramid? Well, if you think about this, and I did think about this one day, a pyramid started with one brick. I wasn't there, but at some point, if you see these pyramids, you, Jimmy, you weren't there, put your hand down. If you see the pyramids in real life or in pictures, at some point, one person put one brick down and they repeated that a million, two million, three million times. And what we try to explain to people, and not that we're here to judge, coach, or offer advice, just for ourselves, for me, is to understand that, for example, if I'm going to take a brick, maybe 10 minutes of extra ice time to skate, every day after a game or do something, go in the gym, whatever you're gonna do, and I multiply that times a million, I'm gonna get a result that's gonna help me get to my goal. And then they say, well, what does the train have to do with it? Well, the train is really what we're also about, which is the second component, which is you have to understand the way a train works. The engine pulls the train. The cars in the middle don't pull the train. When the cars in the middle pull the train, that's called a derailment. And when the caboose pulls the train, you're going backwards. So you need to understand if the mind is the engine and the caboose is the body, the body's gonna go only where the mind takes it. So now we know we can build one brick at a time. We know the mind is gonna drive us. And that's what the whole mantra of Club 93 is about. We want to put people in a position where they understand you can do this. We wanna lift, and you talked, Matt, you talked about taking away limits and you said to accept people and to accept all these different ideologies and, and, and different groups of people. What we're doing is we're actually doing that same thing. We're saying we want to eliminate all the reverse ideologies that you're too old, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you talk about music with your dad. That's very prevalent with musicians. Musicians never wanna stop, they never retire. There's no such thing in music as retirement. When you retire, you're dead. And what we're trying to do is bring that into Club 93, which is hockey. So that's a little bit of a long answer. But at the end of the day, you know when you're in the club. When you've accepted it and you said, I'm going to really give this my shot. And you'll know. I could fool Willie. I could fool Jimmy. I'll know. And that's what it's all about. And I, I find with Club 93, it's a to me it's a magic word that when I say it, when I'm lazy sitting on the couch, when I say Club 93 or think about it, it's like my favorite song came on. When your favorite song comes on, you got to do a little dance. You got to get some movement, and it just gets you up and it makes you move. And you got to do something positive and forward. So, well, you know what that is? You really want to know what the answer to that is? I do. That's called in psychology anchoring. There you go. I, I really like this. I, I'm glad we're recording this because I want to yeah. listen to that pyramids and trains thing again when I'm stoned. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. But but hold yeah, on, but hold on. Though. I, I do want to say that's anchoring because you've broken up with a girl. You know what it's like. Hey. When, when you've broken up with a girl. You calling and, them out now? Yeah, I am calling hey, them out. Listen. Because when you hear the song on the radio, 
and it brings you right back, what does that do? That automatically anchors you to that memory. That's so right. the answer is like the other night when you're stomping on my head and cross-checking me in the back, I kept thinking about the Club 93 logo saying, I'm not gonna give up. Just because this schmuck is cheap shotting me, I'm gonna keep going. And you're on my team. That's right, that's even worse. <laughs> How could I explain that, Matt? It's really difficult, I think, when you get we have a lot, like you got, you guys know it. Like we have so much fun when we do when we do these beer league tournaments and games. We we Kenny and I played in something in Atlantic City this summer. It was a little unorganized, but I got to be honest, it was one of the best. Just Saturdays playing hockey with the guys I probably had in a long time. I mean, we stayed out late the whole bit, walked up and down the boardwalk after. But there's really nothing like it, and. Um, Kenny and I, I guess it's probably a good place to announce it, even though we don't have a logo yet or anything like that. But uh, we do have a lot of people basically signed up. And, like, uh, I'm going to be doing a tournament in March at Danbury Arena, and it's going to be all novice adults, all low-level adults, people who started playing later, people who are getting older, all that type of a thing. Because I really feel that that crowd is a big driver in the beer league community, and I want to create events for them where they can come here and, and enjoy town. And that'll be that'll be something to look forward to. You guys would be great uh, players in that event for sure. You know what I mean? So, And, and Pat's even going to play. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, Pat's gonna play. <laughs> Pat, you rock it, man. Yeah, he's a man. Pat. He, he, he might be like you know, he's a grocery stick on the Z team, even, but he'll <laughs> he'll figure it out, you know. Um, you know, you you talk about having a beer with the guys and everything. Like one thing the Z team does, Kenny was referring to the older guy. That's Woody. We have pregame at Woody's before the 10 p.m. skate on. Oh, so you have a few beers before the game, huh? We do, and we'll be watching hockey. Hey, did you see pins didn't pass last week, and now this, and, you know, just, just ball breaking. And it just, you know, brings you together. And then, you know, we'll play the game. Then we'll go to post game at the Globe there in Red Bank and stuff. And, you know, more banter. And the game is great. We love it. But it the never banter ends. and the chatter and everything, that's something, whether you're hockey, all other sports, you just, you revel in that. And, you know, just stories. And you guys know, it's just, we eat it up and sometimes on the way home from the globe we're still getting texts and emails of uh, banter it's always it never ends but i want to tell you something <laughs> i want to i'm pointing to matt i want to pay you some love because last year you were kind enough to invite me and i will tell you I, I i thought to myself after i got off the phone with you i thought am i nuts i'm going to this tournament i don't know one person and i didn't i didn't know one person i'd never met matt and yet, and my wife said, aren't you a nervous walking into a locker room with guys you don't even know? Nah. And I said, I, you know, whatever, I, I just walk in there. But I had the best of time, and I walked out of there and made some great, great friends at the Classic last year. And this year, all of a sudden, the dots are connecting. I know so many people, so, so many more people. It's going to be so much fun. It's it's really a, like, you know what, that, I... Humble brag when they interviewed me on TV last year. Yeah. I said I said the same. I mean, I really don't know what to say, but I would say the same thing that I said then. It's just like that's been the mo that's been the most rewarding part. Like, yeah, you know, like there's there's been some there's been some nice things. You know, I was uh, invited by Movember to do stuff with the Nasdaq opening bell. I mean, that was really cool. Awesome. I I you know. You see a hundred people, million people doing that thing, and and to g actually get to be there when they do it, that was cool. But but um, you know, I don't really get any money out of this, in in a sense like, uh, you know, e even the stuff that I can squeeze out from my own expenses, it's nothing. 
You know, so the the real rewarding part for me has always been watching people make it's so crazy with that Facebook because it's the best and the worst thing in the world. Watching people make friends over Facebook that there was no other way they could have possibly met than at the mustache that at the mustache classic, that's one of the most rewarding things in my whole life. And let me tell you something. It goes back to what we were talking before. The craziest part is I know there are guys who made friends on Facebook that when I was in the same room with them before, I was like, these two guys would not like each other's Facebook <laughs> posts. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. like, these two guys, they would not like. And the next thing you know, hey, is that guy coming this year? He's a great guy. And it, it Common bond. Goes to show you that it's all it's all it's all bullshit today. With <laughs> they're only they're, listen, they're only dividing us to control us, and and that's and that's the truth. You see it at the Mustache Classic. I was just saying, and it goes back to being so mad about the hockey fights, cancer thing. So many people came to like I just said. I know these people well enough to say, many people would not in this like I'll say that this year. Many people in this room wouldn't like each other's Facebook posts, but somehow came together to have not only a nice time today. But to raise like almost fifty thousand dollars last year for men's cancer and suicide. You should be so proud of that. That's so great. That's the best part. That's and I honestly laugh when I see like all the the BS and the banter on Facebook with these different you know kind of issues. We know we all know what they are today. These different issues people don't agree on, and it's like the funny part is these got you know and you almost never see it even between. Mustache classic people. I'm sure there have been some incidents that, that, that I don't know about and, and probably people who bite their tongue at stuff. But the truth is that the, the, there's got to start to be some happy medium and some common ground because we're really just headed towards Armageddon for that reason. Well, I'll tell you this much, speaking from obviously experience, why do you think cases settle in the courthouse steps? Why does something change? You know, we were talking, we were walking in here, you were talking about a case that you were called as a witness. Why do you think cases settle on the courthouse steps? Because people need to sit across the table from one another right. and finally talk. I'm not sending you a letter or sending a nasty gram. Now we have to talk and I have to face you. True. And all of a sudden the ice melts. No, right. pun, no pun intended. So with the classic, you put everybody in the room, you mix it up, and it comes out a winner. And at the end of the day, you're doing it for the right reason. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. That's been the best. You know, and you know what? Other, another thing that made me really kind of feel comfortable just about throwing it is that the way Movember does it, I don't ever touch, like, we, I touch the sponsorship money that I need to pay the vendors with. But I don't, you know, the way it's set up is that I never touch any of the money that, that actually goes to Movember. It's all, you have a profile, you raise the money, we monitor it, we give out prizes according to that. That's one of the things that made me so comfortable. And that, and that just made it easier, honestly, when we went and told people Hey, we need money for food, and we need money for um, transportation. We do all the time, ice time, and and that's how we go about and get it. And then there's participation fees and all that. But this this just makes us able to do. You know, I don't want to say the organization, but I I bet you guys have all played in one of their tournaments. I played in my first one in Atlantic City, and um, you know. First of all, we got there and there were like games late on Friday night. And then, you know, it just didn't make sense. Like, you know, the, the games were at the time when it would have been nice to, I don't know. 
Then we get there on Saturday, and we're clearly just outclassed in every game, getting blown out. You know what I mean? Lo- lo- you know, you-, you lose your Saturday morning game 11-1. to 1. A- And then, you know, there's no... it. <sighs> There was just nothing built around it. You say to yourself, I paid all this money to be in this tournament, and it's really, I could have just, I could have subbed in a bunch of beer league games. And I wanted to do the opposite experience of that. I wanted to be like, let's make it like, and I tell people it's a tournament, but it's really a party, a hockey party for men's cancer and suicide. Like, there's 90 minutes of hockey and then all day of kind of celebrating and, and being together. And I, I, I think that's what it's all about, man. You know, I like I like the way you presented it too. You know, you know, it's not a not not here. Don't show us what you're gonna do. Just come here, relax, have a good time. There are guys that you know, and listen. There are guys that have been playing on the same team, going to the same tournaments, bringing the same ringers. For it just it just doesn't make sense after a while. I played in so many things where there were ringers, and listen, I've been skating since I'm about ten years old. You know, am I a, a guy who could have had a real career no with hockey nothing probably nothing official you know i could have played high school hockey i think but definitely not beyond that and and i'll tell you but i'll tell you something i was skating and stuff where i was like this is ridiculous like this is how could you have fun doing this mm-hmm. i started going to pick up skates that were not on my not on purpose i started going to pick up skates that were like that i was like this guy stacked his team in a white versus dark scrimmage. Uh, yeah, this is the point. Misses it's the point. missing the whole point, dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, so we, we came, you know, we did the draft style tournament thing. I don't know. I think that these, just in terms of beer league talk, I think that these draft tournaments are great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, 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 it just eliminates, it eliminates these ringer type. As long as you're doing it honestly, I mean, we, listen, everybody who runs a tournament and does a draft tournament, the first one, Usually you put yourself on a good team, right? But but I think the more you do it, the more you realize it has to be as even as it possibly can. You know, and 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 I think these draft tournaments are great. I mean, uh, you know, th- this uh, it's not going to stop their business. But these Can-Am tournaments that I went to where you kind of bring your own team, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that's why I hate most leagues because it's like, well, you know, Jimmy really only wants to play on Friday nights. And, you know, he's a lot better than Will and Ken, you know. So it's like, you know, he's going to play on their team because he wants to play with them. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, Jimmy's got 50 goals in uh, 11 games. You know, it's just, it's just totally unfair at times. And, and I've seen leagues go on like that the whole season. Oh, I was yeah. like, I guess you let this guy play the whole He doesn't belong here. Well, our, our friend Dom, you know, our friend Dom and Kenny were going back and forth on one of these posts. And, Kenny's like, oh, you're on McCreary's team. You know, what's going on? They're just having some fun. And Dom's like, well, Dom gets it. He's like, we want you guys to come back, so we'll take it easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's, 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 you you got to mix it up. And, and, and after a while, that's one of the things that I really have Chris Finelli kind of handled because it's, it's like if I sat over these rosters, you know, I know kind of who has to be together, and I kind of know who I don't want to put together for obvious reasons. But um, it, it, it's one thing I could say is it's not easy. With this tournament we're going to do in March, I'm trying to make it easy. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make it that place where people feel. That's one of the things that I see a lot in the city, um, playing hockey down there. I've been in the D9 Hockey League. I was telling it must be my eighth or ninth season, and that's about four years so, but 
we see guys come in all the time. Now, for our league, it's it can be really. It, we're going through a period right now where the level's really low because we just graduated a bunch of guys. But, but like, how can I explain it? You know, we have a lot of um, evaluation skates, and sometimes there are scrimmages, and sometimes, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some classes or something. I haven't gone to a class in a long time, but something like a class or something like that, and you'll meet somebody trying to get into it. And there's just no place for them to play. Like, they're an adult. They're 35 years old. They never really skated. They're curious about it. They're dedicated to it. They have the money to pay their way through. Hockey's not cheap, you know. Uh, and one of the saddest things is I see I saw a lot of those people literally quitting, just being like, hey, it doesn't really make sense for me. I go on a league team, the, like particular rank in Queens. At one time, the lowest division was the fourth division. And that doesn't sound very high to you guys, but when you consider that if there's only four divisions, you know what I mean, in that area, that means that there's going to be some pretty good guys in the fourth division. And there were. How could a guy who started skating three months ago, how could he learn to play hockey if he's got to skate against a guy who might have might have played in club college, you know, on a college club team or something? It's intimidating. really is. You need I, good leadership. Someone's running that league. You got to say to yourself, "I got to even this out." We used to have Bill Breeden and all these guys, Red Bank, even stuff out and just getting it. And like you, you know, I said to Kenny, "Wow, some good players here." You got Havlin, Lynn Beetle, all that. Like, we're gonna get crushed. He goes, "No, nah, Matt, Matt gets it. it Matt it, evens." It's it a out. number system. It's all based on it. At the end of the day, all those numbers are within two points of each other. You know, it's like yeah, you get it. Yeah. So, so, so it's like with with the mustache classic that was like a real at first i honestly thought that the mustache classic would have been my novice tournament for adults but what i quickly realized with the just the lynn beatles and then the and then the you know the um the doug smiths and these other people wanting to get involved billy mccreary you know how could you keep it just how could you keep this just novice the one thing that i can say i'm very proud of is that the novice people have a blast competing with these people you know what i mean competing alongside them and those kinds of people show class because oh, yeah but they but again with the with billy knows what this is about they, you know that's what I mean? that's billy what i was just going to say they, they get the message they understand this is for the but but with the novice cup those tentatively it's going to be called the top hat cup um uh on march 23rd and with that those guys aren't, aren't, they're not eligible. You know, this is, we've got guys who play with their wives, low-level leagues on Long Island coming up. We've got guys, you know, like myself, you know, I kind of got like a shoulder thing. I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit in some ways just on my skates, but I'm, I'm still out there grinding. And guys that play in my league, guys that play in uh, the lowest level of hockey, North America and Westchester, we have a few of those guys signed up already. We have... Long Island guys. So it's another thing where, I, you know, we have such, and, and you guys already know, you've been here a few times, we have a beautiful venue here to play hockey in. Yes, and and uh, especially, it's it's great for a beer league setup. You could do your championship in a nice room, but you have two rinks going. Uh, everything I've done here, I've been real happy with. And, and, and I mean, Pat and I, Pat and I work in the rink now. You know, we, listeners don't know, we, we do the NA. HL and the NA3 games. And you know like there's there's some there's you know 
we don't get a ton of people for those games, unfortunately. But there's, you know, when it's a good game and there are at least 150, 200 people there, you know, it, it, there's something about it. You know, the guys are playing hard. It's a great venue. That the, there's the sight lines. If you, especially if you're on, kind of the uh, the bench side, the sight lines are great. You know, what I mean, you're you're seeing the ice, and it's a great venue to play. And that and that's why that's why we did it. And it's going to be exciting to watch Pat actually play <laughs> in a game. He was struggling when we did some skates last spring. Let me tell you. But footnote, uh, footnote to Pat: Stay away from Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or at least don't turn your back on him. That's all I can Uh-oh. say. Oh, all right. In the Pat first period, in the third so. period, you can have your way with me. It's a... <laughs> I think that's, that's how I got like married. Play. That's how you got married. I think that's how I got married. You could have my way with me. I heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably a bar- kill you. It's probably a bargaining chip from the family or something. You're you're playing in a rink where Ames, you know, the night before rough someone up. Johnny Ruiz was raising the cup, and I mean, Johnny Ruiz. I mean, this is history here. We get it. Yeah, like you know, and even. Um, I don't know why, you know, like, I love going to the Fed games. Forget it. It really is a riot, and I'm looking forward to having a great time tonight. But since we've been going, I don't know, like, I, I really kind of like these junior kids. You know, they, they, they're, if they didn't love hockey, they wouldn't, especially the NA3 kids, if they didn't love hockey, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. And and it's 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 kind of, you know, it's kind of a, kind of an entry-level type thing. When it comes to junior hockey with the NA3, it's 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 a little bit of a lower level, but you know these guys go hard. Last night they were they were getting a little rough with each other. We you know Danbury uh, lost the game, but they came back right up until the last two seconds. They scored a goal, uh, so it was. Uh, the, I wish more. In, hopefully, you guys will get to see the juniors sometime because it, it's really a good brand of hockey, and I I hope hope there's a day soon where we can get. At least 500 people out to those you know very uh, underrated yeah very underrated if you guys if you guys know middletown the same two um the titans yeah they have it's the same kind of setup on the junior level they have the, the nahl and the na3hl and uh i don't know you know i i have fun i have fun watching both these, these guys the work rate is insane they're playing fast um it, it's really fun to see and 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 um when we're when we have a tournament there, it's really a blow. You play a championship game on the big sheet at, at Danbury Arena. It's a lot of fun. It's you know? rewarding. Yeah. yeah. It's, rewarding. it's fun to play in there in a regular beer league game. You know, you know I have to say one thing that I want to point out to you that I thought was very interesting to me about Club 93 for just one second. People tend to think that, okay, I'm 61, Jimmy, you're 62, Will's 55. People tend to think those are the kind of people we're going to attract. You'd be surprised at the people I'll get text messages from. They're 19, 20, 25, and they really dig the whole concept. So I just wanted to throw that out there because that's something that people always say, oh, is this for older people only? The answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. And I find that very interesting That because when I was 20 years old, I wasn't thinking about anything except when I was 20 or 21. I wasn't thinking about 90-something. Maybe think about ninety beers I was going to pound away, but that's about it. Well, you know, hockey is like basketball in a sense, because football and baseball, once you hit a certain age, there's only competitive leagues that you can play in. There's no real lower levels. They don't have A, B, C, D leagues. I don't believe in too many areas of the country, but hockey has 
A, B, C, all the way to F and G. I mean, there's just so, there are, there's, and Z, like we call ourselves, right? I mean, there's so many levels that you can play at. You never have to quit the game. Baseball, you have to quit. Football, forget it. You're going to, 20. Football, forget, yeah. Yeah, you're 20 and you're done, you know? That's a good point. So. One of the, one of the things that really, um, it, it's kind of like a shame that, that I think there's some basketball, but as popular as that game is, I don't think there's as much adult beer league basketball as there is beer league hockey as, as popular as it is there's a ton of adult soccer a ton i mean that was huge when i was when i was living in brooklyn on my own i mean you know it didn't make sense not to play i really only played a little bit growing up but it, like, it just didn't make sense every single neighbor everybody was on a team tons of you know tons of at the time i was single Tons of single ladies involved in it. They know the game. They they like to watch it. It was it was it was a good time, but uh, ultimately, uh, I just think that the B, the beer league hockey's been great. You know, I've been I didn't really play my whole life. I mean, I played maybe between ten and like fourteen or fifteen. Picked it back up when I was working at the Daily News at twenty five years old. I did an, uh, an assignment where I I went and tried out for the New York Aviators who were in a league that predated the FHL by a year and then the Aviators ended up getting folded into the FHL but long story short I I lo- I mean I loved playing hockey as a kid I played ice hockey in Flushing Meadow Park as a kid uh, one team over there and played roller hockey in the full contact roller hockey leagues in in uh in Whitestone Queens uh, I it was College Point College Point Roller Hockey League and uh, some Rockaway, a little. I, I played a couple of times in Rockaway, but it was a little tough. The, I wasn't a big roller guy, and there really weren't so many ice rinks back then. So eventually, I kind of gave it up. But when I got back into it, twenty-five for that for that assignment, I never really thought that I would end up here. You know what I mean? Like I played a couple times. It was cool. I went to a couple lunchtime skates. It just seemed at the time kind of like expensive, and then when I would go to these skates, that I was one, of, I was one of those people, I guess, who quit, because I would go to these skates, and it's just like, dude, I can't play hockey against a, a 19-year-old kid. I mean, like, yeah, I could try, but I can't get myself. I could probably get there if I played every day for two months. You know what I mean? In the right situation with the best pair of skates on. I mean, I had shitty, I had cheap. <laughs> Like eighty dollars skates at the time that I got at Models, you know what I mean. So like ba- Bauer Huggers, they were the worst. Wonderland Sports, you played there. Oh man, the, <laughs> yeah, baby. I, I have a great. What, I'm writing a book. Wonderland Sports is in. The, actually, it's cut from the book now, but I, I'm going to send you that whole chapter. Was where I went to Wonderland Sports, and my buddy Cody. He's like a real old school New York guy. He's a crazy hockey guy. He's my buddy that I play beer league hockey with now. And we travel together, and but he's just like he's. How can I explain it? He's like a different type of a mind, right? So, What's his last name? Cody? M- Messino. Oh, we go to we go to we go to Wonderland Sports. He brings me there. He's like my bigger. He's ten years older than me. We 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 share a brain, but he's like my older brother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's so. He brings me to Wonderland Sports. Right, never been there before. It's it's a. You guys ever been to Wonderland? Oh yeah, sure. played there, played there for sure. Wonderland was like uh i mean it was like the greatest hockey store you ever saw dude you go in there and it was like 
dead stock stuff, T-shirts that were like new stuff, but then like a bunch of brand new with tags T-shirts that were 10 years old, all the new skates, right? So I'm like trying to keep it on a budget. I get a wood stick. I don't even buy socks. I put old school. I put my uh, my sweatpants as my socks, and I just tape around the, the sweatpants, right? And um, the worst skates. And I was gonna get like some. I, you know, at the time everything was Reebok. You know, everything was everything was Reebok. So like, I saw these like crispy, brand new looking pair of like black and white Reeboks, right? And I go all the way up to the line with them. But I noticed that my boy Cody. They had one of those walls of gloves. And I noticed my boy Cody is like scratching his head, looking at every glove, like fucking putting it up to the light. So I'm ready to pay, check out. He comes up with these fucking giant Jaffa silver and black gloves, like the big guys, right? Like Gretzky wore at the end of his career, right? With the stiff thumb and the little thing, right? Like that little rivet around the thumb yeah. or whatever you would call it, that little loop. And he's like, cuz, these gloves are the only gloves in this store that were made in Canada. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put them on. So I took those gloves and I'm in the, and then I have the picture of me in, in the Daily News with those giant Jaffa gloves on. They were, I wish I still had them. That's great. They were great, man. That was. That was literally like going to the hockey store from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like it was nice. unbelievable. And it was way ahead of its time because a store like that would do great today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like Jerry Crosby's, too. So Jerry Crosby's. Place. Another classic. Yeah, great yeah. place. There, was a, there, were two stop, there were two spots kind of around my way. There was one place in Ridgewood called Sports Stop. And that place, it was a beautiful place. It was on Metropolitan Avenue in Middle Village. And the place just couldn't get out of its own way. One time I bought like a pair of $200, like my grandma, my aunt, my aunt bought it for me. I was literally like 12 years old. I bought a pair of like $200 mission skates. Took two weeks. This was, ba imagine back in the day, we would have to wait two weeks for these skates to get to the shop. Not like today. They literally zap it to you. Like you'd, that company would never take, that would never be shipped to the store. It would just kind of get shipped to you, right? You have to wait two weeks for these skates. I'm already irritated. I missed two weeks. Of, like, by now, I don't even want to play anymore. You know what I mean? Like, two weeks ago, all the kids were playing. I didn't have skates. I couldn't play. Go to the store. Two left feet. I get two left feet in the box. And then, and then my aunt was just like, yo, forget it. We're going to go to Modell's. And I got the worst pair of coho inline skates ever. And, and I couldn't get those. And then there was another one in Ridgewood. I think they were called Sports Plus. And it was like another place where those places are gone where they would just stock random Blackhawks jerseys, LA Kings jerseys. Oh yeah. Forget it. Like kids don't know today. No. You go to you go to the sporting goods store today and it's like Ranger jersey, Ranger t-shirt. Not not in the old hockey stores, dude. Mm -hmm. There's still one place in Connecticut called Whitey Benson's. He's right there and I think that's where is that? East Haven? Probably. I don't know off the top. I went there once. It's like, you guys ever been to Westco? Have you been to Westco? No, I have not. No. Oh, that's like after lunch. You guys got to go straight there just to walk around. We're there. It's the best place to go. I mean, the goalie room is insane. Cool. Like, it's just absolutely, you, you got to see that. I, I took, like, like Danielle's from around here. She never, like, she, I took it down to the goalie room. It's, it's like they got the, 
mounted on the ceiling as you walk down the stairs and everything. It's just a nice. the best hockey store. You know, I mean, I I. I I, I try and go in there for my little incidentals. You know what I mean? Like a little tape, a little whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, that's a, this is a great area to be. And it's great that you guys kind of now chose to kind of kind of headquarter Club 93 out of, out of Danbury Arena, you know? Yeah, we thought it was a classic to be there. So We feel comfortable with the community here. Everyone's nice to us, and uh, they support us. We, we appreciate that. Guys, anything else you want to talk about on the way out or? How much time do we really have? Uh, we <laughs> I just want to ask you, can you divulge any... You always have something in the pot you're going to pull out for the classic. Is there anything you can get us primed for? A there's piece. always a surprise. A I wish there, I wish there was a great surprise this year. There's, there's something we're working on. I haven't been able to confirm it yet, but if it happens, it's, it's going to be really funny. I think, I think you guys are really going to like it. It'll be really funny, and um, we definitely got... We definitely got... A little twist um, planned, but uh, most of all, we, we're, we're kind of really hoping on this one thing. That's gonna, you hold now? Pat, happen. Pat knows something. No, I mean, <laughs> I know what he's told me. I don't know if he wants me to speak on it or not, so I'm going to stay quiet for now. My client takes the fifth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You're you my go. attorney. Bro. Yeah, yeah. This man is my attorney. Well, And, Willie, you should plug, you should plug the, uh, the website and the store. Yeah, tell. Well, Club 93 Hockey is up. We hope to have the store soon, too. You know, we... I've been sending swag to our friends at Jim Dowd and Coach McCreary and everyone here, but hope to have that online soon. But Club 93 Hockey is where you can go. Awesome. Perfect, perfect. Well, Guys, nice. thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much, Matt. So this much, is a Matt. great talk. You know, it's, it's really important to talk about, especially the premise of club 93 we 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 did thank you guys we talked a lot about the mustache classic i think this is it's really important for people to know the power of hockey beyond professional and junior hockey and all the stuff you see on tv and i and again i really do want to apologize for maybe bringing politics into this issue but i thought it was really important to talk about uh, the hockey fights cancer issue. So thank you guys for bearing with me. And listen, we're looking forward to maybe doing a mustache classic at the beach. Oh yeah, we could do something, All something right. like it for sure. The classic at the beach. We'll get Havlin on board for that. There you go. We we've talked about it, but we'll uh, very cool. We'll see what arrives. Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us, boys. You. Peace.